Well, how about those TCU Horn Frogs actually cracking the top four of the college football playoff rankings this week? I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, how you find us. Covering the Big 12 top to bottom, it is great to be here with you as we dive through another week of the rankings. Of course, they came out on Tuesday night, and Georgia was one, Ohio State was two, Michigan was three, and TCU came in at number four, just ahead of Tennessee, who, of course, lost to Georgia on Saturday. Oregon six, LSU seven, after beating uh, Alabama last weekend. USC eight, Bama nine, and Clemson ten. Now, in the Big 12, Texas came in at 18. Kansas State at 19, after those two teams faced off last week. And eh, nothing really all that shocking to me for the Big 12. I'm glad TCU was in the top four. I said, uh, before the rankings came out, I said, if TCU's not in the top four this week, then this thing is even more rigged than I ever anticipated it could be. Like, that's how shocked I would have been if TCU had not been in the top four this week. So the committee did the right thing. TCU is sitting there at 9-0. and They got a good win over Texas Tech. I mean, yes, they had to come from behind, but they won the game. The lame excuses from the College Football Playoff Committee last week about how, well, you know, TCU's got to be more balanced and TCU has to come, you know, has to come back in games and that's not good for TCU. Be quiet. Shut up. Seriously, shut up, committee. You just don't like TCU. You don't like the brand. They're not a brand. Uh, you want to get two SEC teams in there. We know that. And by the way, that is still very possible for that to happen. Like, it's still entirely possible that that happens when you think about it. There are multiple ways for multiple SEC teams to get in to the college football playoff this year. Multiple ways for that to happen. My, my problem is this. I think there's only one way for TCU to get in. And that is being a 13-0 Big 12 champ. And I think that's unfair. If you look at TCU's schedule, and TCU's schedule is absolutely brutal down the home stretch. They've got Texas this weekend, of course. College game day is going to be there. They've got Baylor on the road next week. And then you end the season with Iowa State. So not brutal. I mean, maybe that's too strong a word. But Texas and Baylor back-to-back is tough. Because Baylor, you look at Baylor right now, and... Baylor's a team that if Baylor beats Kansas State, Baylor could very well be in the top 25 next week. You look at Baylor, they received votes in the AP poll this past week, and if they beat a top 25 Kansas State team in Waco, there's a case for Baylor to be ranked in the top 25. And frankly, Baylor is starting to play some of their best football of the season. So I think Baylor is in a very good position uh, to possibly pick off TCU next week, especially... If they beat Texas on Saturday, they're riding high, they're feeling good about things, and then you have that kind of a letdown at 10-0. and The pressure keeps building. Baylor's already got a bunch of losses. They're playing for, you know, trying to get into a Big 12 title game still next week with a couple games left. They're playing their best football of the season after kind of a rocky start to conference play, and then you get picked off. It's entirely possible, right, that that happens in the next couple of weeks in the Big 12. But to me, if TCU loses one of these two games, if they lose to Texas or they lose to Baylor and they still are a Big 12 champion when all is said and done with one loss, 
that is a top four resume in college football. I, I, like, I don't, I don't think it's debatable. This league is top to bottom the most difficult conference in America. There are no easy games. No other conference in America can say that other than the Big 12. And on top of that, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, the advanced analytics suggest that. The advanced analytics say that the Big 12 is neck and neck with the SEC as uh, the top conference in college football. So if you're thinking about putting in multiple SEC teams, whether it's a one-loss champion with a one-loss, obviously, uh, non-champion, if it's, you know, what if LSU ends up running the table and LSU is a two-loss SEC champ? You know then there's going to be two SEC teams in, and there's a case, and this is sick to say because I hate everything about this idea, but there is a case that under that scenario, the committee or the SEC could try to, but maybe they're one and the same, the committee and the SEC could try to create a scenario where three SEC teams get in. Think about this. Let's put together some kind of crazy, wild scenario here, just for sake of the conversation. TCU's got one loss. Let's say Oregon loses again. They've got two losses. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, that'll take care of itself. Um, so one of those two teams probably gets in. And then three teams from the SEC get in. Here's, here's what that scenario looks like. Tennessee runs the table does not get to an SEC title game because Georgia beat them last week out of the SEC East. Georgia, undefeated, runs the table, 12-0, gets to an SEC title game. They play LSU, who goes into that title game 10-2. LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship. LSU is a, what would then be 11-2 SEC champ out of the SEC West. Georgia is 12-1, and one, just took their first loss of the season. They probably went into that game as number one. And then Tennessee is sitting there at 11-1, like, hey, what about us? I, it's sick, but there is a scenario where the SEC tries to navigate its way into three teams making the college football playoff. I'm not predicting it. I'm not suggesting it's likely. I don't think it's going to happen. But the scenario does exist for that to take place in college football this year, which is absolutely crazy to even suspect something like that happening. But it's not It's not nuts. It's not nuts. And that's where I'm looking at this thing and, and I'm saying to myself, okay, I mean, I'm glad TCU cracked the top four. Three Big 12 teams are ranked. The three teams that we thought would be ranked when all is said and done. That's good. That's how it should be. Happy about that. No complaints here. But, man, I mean, this system is so jacked up for so many different reasons. I just question it. I've got to see it to believe it. I've got to make sure. I've got to understand that what this committee is doing is not a total sham because I think for the most part it has been a sham. It has been the most underwhelming system that I could have ever imagined. I did not think this was going to be the case. I thought the playoff would be a, a vast improvement from the BCS. And it just has turned out that it's not. And that is something that, you know, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter uh, however you look at things. 
I'm just looking at this and saying to myself, as a college football fan, more importantly, as a Big 12 guy, there's nothing about this that I've liked. There's nothing about this that I believe has been good for the Big 12 conference top to bottom. So that's how I perceived it uh, thus far. Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It is uh, great to be with you as we get ready for another great week of football in this league. You know, the most intriguing game, no doubt in my mind, the most intriguing game in the Big 12 this weekend is none other than, because you know me, I love these elimination games. If you've been following me and following this show, the elimination game in the Big 12 this week well, there's, you can say there's two of them. TCU, Texas, okay, fine, the obvious one. K-State and Baylor. You look at K-State and Baylor, and you say to yourself, the loser of this game can officially declare this season a disappointment. If Baylor loses after winning three in a row, Baylor fans are going to say, we were defending Big 12 champs, we had the talent, we got guys in the transfer portal, and we couldn't get it done. What happened? And then if K-State loses this game, they'll be 6-4. and four. They'll be 4-3 and three in Big 12 play. K-State will be looking at best 8-4 and four and, you know, a, a solid bowl, but, you know, not a top-tier bowl by any stretch. And K-State, K-State fans are going to say, okay, Chris Kleiman, you know, this was your best team by a wide margin, and what did you do? What was your ceiling? Was it seven or eight wins? And if so... I don't think any fan base or this fan base at K-State should question Chris Kleiman from that standpoint, from building this program. Now, you want to question him at the end of the Texas game last week. I'm fine with that. I mean, the, the, the clock management was, was terrible at the end of that game. You want to question the play, uh, the decision-making, the play calling, the clock management at the end of that game? Zero complaints from me. I will completely back you up on that. But... I still believe Chris Kleiman has done a very good job replacing a legend. That's an impossible thing to do. What do they say? You want to be the guy to replace the guy. You don't want to replace the guy. Well, Chris Kleiman replaced the guy. He replaced the dude in Bill Snyder. The guy's got the stadium named after him. And I still think he's done a whale of a job overall. It will be disappointing if this team finishes, let's say, seven. I mean, seven and five would be a huge disappointment. I even think you can make the case that 8-4 and four would be a bit of a letdown, depending how the rest of the season goes. But certainly 7-5. and five. But I'm still looking at this and saying, okay, Chris Kleiman, uh, this guy has done things. He had to rebuild a little bit from where Bill Snyder had this team. The program lacked a lot of depth that last year or two under Snyder. That was very evident, and Kleiman's had to rebuild that up in a place where it's not easy. I'm not saying K-State's a hard place to win or recruit. I mean, Snyder proved you absolutely can win there, but it's not easy. It's not TCU, which I know TCU is a private school, but you're sitting there in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and you're within a stone's throw of how many guys who are high three-star, four-star, five-star players. Those guys are all over the place. You can't get enough of those guys within a stone's throw of TCU's campus. Uh, that's not the case in Manhattan. And now Chris Kleiman, why I believe he was a good fit is he understood what he was getting into. He had won national titles. He had that swagger. He was a head coach. He wasn't a hotshot coordinator guy. And he understood getting guys to a place like Manhattan. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Kleiman guy. But 
you know, depending on how these next three games go, it will be fair to say this season has been a disappointment if if they win only one of their next three. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but they have a very tough game in Waco this weekend. They have not played well in Waco traditionally. You look at it, they got Baylor this weekend, they got to go to Morgantown, and then it's the Sunflower Showdown against Kansas, which is no walk in the park anymore. So uh, this is a fascinating time right now for the Big 12 Conference. Four teams at the top battling for a spot in the Big 12 Championship game at AT AT&T Stadium uh, later on, uh, early next month. I was going to say later this month. I don't mean to jump the gun. But speaking of jumping the gun, let me just throw this out there for you. So I am going to be at Bedlam next Saturday the 19th. If you are going to be at Bedlam, I'm going with our guy Brian Clinton, who you read all the time at heartlandcollegesports.com. If you're going to be down there, OU, OSU fans, it's in Norman next Saturday. We do not know the kickoff time yet. Hit me up, DM me on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, wherever uh, you can get a hold of me. Hit me up. We'd love to uh, connect with some of you guys, catch a tailgate or two, have a beer or two before the game gets going, or seven, but who's counting? So uh, we'll have a great time, and if you're going to be down at Bedlam next weekend, let me know, uh, whether it's through my personal pages or, of course, uh, the Heartland College Sports Twitter, the Heartland College Sports Facebook, or our Instagram as well, or my personal Instagram, which is just at Pete Mundo. So be sure to let me know. We'd love to stop by, see some of you guys, say hi to some great readers and listeners and followers, and uh, it's going to be a great time. I'm coming down from Kansas City. I've got a great week next week. I've got the Chiefs. I'm going to the Chiefs game Sunday against the Jaguars. And then six days later, I'm going to be in Norman, Oklahoma for Bedlam. I know the stakes are not going to be high, but it's my first Bedlam. So I'm pretty juiced about that. And I didn't know, you know, before the season, you don't know. Is this the last Bedlam? What's going to happen? So I said, I got to get to a Bedlam. And uh, I'm looking forward to being there uh, next Saturday, November 19th. So appreciate all you guys. Thanks for joining us here on the show. As always, um, I will have my picks to you tomorrow night, as I do each and every uh, week. And the picks went 3-2 and two last week against the spread. So, eh, you know, that's fine. And we were 9-3 and three the three weeks prior to that. So we're on a very good run. So that would make us 12-6 and six the last four weeks. That's a good month. It's a great month against the spread. So uh, be sure to look out for those tomorrow. Thanks for all you guys do. Share the show. Subscribe on YouTube. And, uh, of course, podcast listeners, leave a five-star rating and review. You'll get that free Heartland College Sports Koozie. When you leave me that rating and review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.